because I'm going to fly through a bunch of scripture today and there's no way you could write them all down. So I encourage you to, to, to look at it, to back up. And I've told you this before, who, regardless of who's standing right here, it's your guys' job to make sure that this person, person is a truth teller. Uh, so I encourage you this week to go and to take that one sheet and make sure that it's actually in there, what, what is being shared uh, from this place this morning. Um, next, this week, we're going to put out a short video that offers up some Advent readings and some books and some devotions. Uh, so it'll just be on Facebook, nothing fancy, just throwing out some resources to you. Um, and that'll take the place of one sheets. Uh, through the end of the year. So we encourage you, uh, if your family participates uh, in Advent devotional, uh, in readings, uh, we're going to give you something. If, if you never have, maybe this is a, the time to start, and we're going to offer up some suggestions uh, this, this week. Today, uh, I want to, to offer up less of a sermon and more of an invitation. And that invitation is based off of a two-word phrase, one another. How many of you know Greek? Anybody? Yeah. Right. Everybody's going to learn a little bit of Greek today because this, 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 this concept based off of this two-word English phrase is actually one word in Greek, alelon. Okay, alelon. So this word right here says, church, alelon. How many of you know Greek now? All right. All right. So, this word, all alone, uh, it, it, it means that we're in this together. It's, it's this idea of one another, that we are mutually tied and connected to one another. That being a member of the, uh, uh, putting our faith in Jesus Christ means that we're not a standalone Christian. We are a part of a body, a, a, a body of believers. All alone appears 100 times in 94 verses in the New Testament alone. And when you look at these, it covers a variety of commands, and obedience to these commands is imperative to our success as believers. It, it, is, it, is, it forms the basis for what true Christian community looks like, uh, and it has a direct impact on how well we are the church. It has its, it has its linchpin uh, in uh, John chapter 13, verse 34. So if you have your Bible or your device, even one that talks to you occasionally, I encourage you to turn to John chapter 13, verse 34, where we get the, the and count how many times, right, that this phrase appears in these two verses. Jesus himself said, a new command I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Father God, we thank you for this time together. And God, just reading three of the 100 occurrences of this phrase. Uh, God, I pray that it, it, we start to dig into what it means to be committed to one another. God, I pray that, that we see and we realize how our, how our obedience and how our success in, this, in following after this simple phrase and dictates how well we are able to reach out and to love other people, those who are far from you. So God, this morning, just give us an opportunity to pause and to look and to lean in to what it means to be a part of one another. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. 
47 times that one another is used. It says instructions to believers. Uh, and, and it includes things like accepting one another, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, not lying to one another, stop passing judgment on one another, don't slander one another, don't grumble against one another. 15% of the time, it's used about with humility in mind and deference to other people. For example, Philippians 2.3, consider others better than yourself. Romans 12.10, honor one another above yourselves. Others, be compassionate to one another. Clothe yourself in humility toward one another. Wash one another's feet, the ultimate display of caring for someone other more than you care about yourself. The negative part of that says, don't, don't let us be conceited. Well, provoking and envying in one another. And Paul reminds us in Galatians chapter 5 that if we keep on biting and devouring one another, you'll be destroyed by one another. This is important. Four times this word, uh, this phrase, one another, has to do with kissing. Now, I'm sorry, Becky and David Crowder and John Mark McMillan, it has nothing to do with sloppy, wet, or unforeseen, but it talks about greeting one another with a holy kiss. And if I'm being honest with you, I'm sort of okay with us not practicing that on a regular basis. One third of the time it's used to address unity in the church with words like live, with, live in harmony with one another, to be patient with one another, to submit to one another, to be like-minded towards one another, to accept one another, and to be at peace with one another. Another one-third of the time, it, has, it addresses how we should love. As a matter of fact, the, the expression love one another appears 16 times uh, in the New Testament. And how we, how we love also impacts how we should forgive one another in Ephesians 4, how we should confess our sins to one another, and how we should tolerate one another. 60% of the time, Paul, these instructions come from Paul and instructions to the church that cover many areas, specifically two that are important to our vision at FBCW. Now, we've shared many times that the mission for the local church, regardless of whether it's here or in Ohio or in, in, in Texas or in, um, in, in Scotland, the mission of the church hasn't changed since Jesus first said it, to go and make disciples. But how we fulfill that is through these loves, love God, love people, and love more people. And the, Paul's commands on how we deal with one another help us in that love people. Because, church, if we cannot love and get along with one another, John 14 hints at the fact that the world isn't going to be able to see Jesus Christ if we don't love one another. And how we love God, how we worship him Right? If we can't get along here, if we can't be in the same room together uh, and talk about things together and, and, and labor beside one another, it's going to affect how we're able to display our love for our Creator. So these are all interrelated. And today we want to talk about two areas of these, uh, of these one another verses, specifically discipleship and pastoral care. And I want to remind you that we do all of these because we are in a real and actual sense members of one another. We belong to each other as we belong to Christ. 
When we talk about discipleship, there, are, there is a list of verses that feed into discipleship. Speak truth to one another. Teach one another. Encourage. Exhort one another. Stir up and provoke one another to good works. Show hospitality to one another. Pray for one another. Build up one another. Admonish one another. And there's more. But this idea of building each other up so that we look more and more like Jesus Christ every day that we're given breath on this planet. And I just want to share a few discipleship opportunities with you here at FBCW. One, care groups. I don't want to ask how many people are involved in a care group, but we have several uh, diverse and vibrant care groups that meet almost every day of the week. Right? Some of them meet in this building, some of them meet across the river in Marietta, some move around from house to house, but these care groups take a room this size and pair them down into groups of people who you can get to know on a more intimate level, where you can study scripture together. Sometimes that's building off what is preached from this, this stage, other times, uh, most other times that's something that meets the needs of that group of believers. Some of those are arranged because of where people live, just to make it easy to get there. Some of them are arranged by the season of life that the members are in. Um, everybody is raising kiddos, so, so let's be together with other couples who are raising kiddos uh, and so that we can strengthen and encourage and exhort one another right, in closer relationship with the Word of God. So if you're not involved in a connect group or in a care group, I encourage you to, to reach out. We are constantly evaluating. We're trying to add some more uh, groups across uh, the, the FBCW uh, where, uh, map, membership map, uh, so it's easier. But we, we desperately plead with you to be involved in one of those groups. It's hard to know a couple hundred people. Uh, it's hard to remember that many names. But by living life together in smaller communities, you fellowship you pray, and that's, I mean, very rarely does somebody come up here and say, hey, I'm struggling with this, but in those small group settings where relationships are formed, it's easy to share, hey, my family is walking through this valley. I need you to pray for this. That's where real community happens. So not only care groups, but we have a women's and men's ministry that do some amazing things. Both have retreats. I encourage you to be a part of that. Um, And both are are changing the way they do ongoing Bible studies. It used to be um, that the guys would be early in the morning and the women would do a fall fall study and a spring study. But now we're going to sort of mimic um, our team kid on Wednesday evening by offering an ongoing Bible study that meets whenever Team Kid is in session. So starting in January, um, on Wednesday evenings at 6, there will be Bible studies for both men and women in this building. The women will be right up there, and the guys will be over there. Evidently, we can't get along, so we have to be on other ends of the building. But that's other one another verses that we'll talk about later. Um, But I encourage you, guys and ladies, to, to take advantage of those those uh, Bible studies. Uh, we have, if you haven't been paying attention, we have a fantastic children's ministry in this local church. And if we're being completely honest, in all the highs and lows over the last decade and a half, that children's ministry has sustained us through a lot of that. It started with Tony Rubel, and it continues with Gretchen and Katie. Uh, and, and what a great place to bring your kiddos 
to have them trained up, to come alongside mom and dad in training up uh, sons and daughters to love Jesus. And I want to share with you that, that you have, uh, that you have a, a, a student ministry search team that's looking to continue the tradition of having a strong youth ministry here. Uh, December 4th, uh, just pray for that day. Uh, we're bringing in a candidate, and we're going to spend some time in person with somebody, uh, and we prayerfully hope that God continues just to say, this is the person, this is the person, or hits us upside the head with a tube before and says, no, look somewhere else. Just make it obvious for us, God. But be in prayer about that. And then also, as apart from groups and studies, we have resources. If you've ever been in my office, come and look. There's a whole wall lined with study resources. And my, my office at home, Shelby would love for me to put some of those uh, in your hands. If you're looking to study something, before you go to Amazon, come to me. Come to Gretchen uh, and say, hey, I'm thinking about studying this. I want to know more about this. Right? If we don't have it on our shelves, we could probably recommend something to you. But I want to challenge you this morning. I want to invite you this morning that wherever you are in your discipleship endeavors to take one more step. Just get one more step to get a little bit more involved. I'm not asking you that if you're not involved in anything to, to jump into doing five things all of a sudden. No. Wherever you are, take one step. Okay. I'm going to uh, go ahead, and Brenda, if you would, go ahead and put up that QR code. I, it is okay for you to pull out your phone right now and start taking pictures of this. If you're familiar with QR codes, if you open up your camera uh, or have an app, do this and it takes you to a survey. And I'm going to ask everybody, I'm going to plead with everybody, either today, all right, if you're not a phone person, all right, uh, it was Becky sent it to you in this morning's email that went out, there's a link. Or if you just want to do it much later this week as you open up the church email, which everybody in the room should get and read the church email, um, open it up and hit that link. Sometime this week, take the survey attached to that. It's about discipleship and what we're going to talk about next, pastoral care. And I want you to remember one of our one another verses that we've already covered from Colossians, not to lie to one another. So fill this out honestly, knowing that the answer no is perfectly acceptable, but we want to get an idea of where we sit as a church on discipleship and pastoral care, and encourage each person in this room or watching online or in the first service to take the next step in both of these areas. Not the next six steps, the next step. So this will help you, this will help us along that request in that journey. Okay, so sometime, whether it's through the rest of this sermon, whether it's during the business meeting, whether it's whether you're watching, while you're watching the Browns get beat once again uh, this afternoon, sometime this week while the turkey's in the oven, right, do this survey for us. Right? And uh, it's most of it's yes or no or uh, a third option. Right? But please, take some time in the next few days uh, to help us uh, with this. And while you're looking at that, I want to switch to pastoral care. Pastoral care or caring for one another has been a bedrock, a foundation in the church since Acts chapter 6. When a complaint came up that, hey, some of the ladies are being ignored in the daily distribution of food, what are you going to do about it? 
the apostles say, well, so that the whole mission of the church can continue, we're going to ask members or, uh, of, of the early church to make sure that the widows are taken care of so that we continue with the preaching and the teaching. So Because we, we don't want to rob Peter to pay Paul, we want the whole church to flourish. So pastoral care has been something about in the early church since its inception. And it requires everybody working together to care. Care groups right, help us in that area of pastoral care. But when we come to pastoral care and the one another verses, the, 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 the list is, is, again, pretty long. For Romans chapter 12 tells us to, to be devoted to one another. To, to 1 Corinthians, to care for one another. Galatians, serve one another. Galatians 6.2, bear one another's burdens. Philippians, to look out for the interests of others. Colossians again, bear with one another. First Thessalonians, comfort one another. To, to employ our gifts, First Peter tells us, uh, to the benefit of others. And I just want to share a few things with you with our pastoral care ministries here. On the board, uh, on the screen, are, are some of the things, some existing and some we want to develop more, um, that are, currently help us care for faith family members. How many of you knew we had a mules ministry? Okay, not enough of you. Okay. We have a meals ministry that Elaine Brown coordinates that when a need comes in, um, an invitation goes out. And we may talk to a family and say, yeah, uh, meals for one meal a day for a week would help us out a lot. So that request goes out, that need goes out to those who have said, I'll be a, a, a part of this. And if you're able to, you choose the day and you choose what you want to fix to help that family out. If you can't do it, you just rest knowing that another need will come along sometime, and then you help then. So this meals ministry helps a lot of people. And in November and into December, right, there's going to be ample opportunity for you to serve through this ministry. So if you are not involved in this ministry, right, make sure when you fill out the survey, you click, I would know, but I would like to be, so that we can connect you with Elaine uh, so that you can be a part of her team in serving and taking care of one another. Right, visitation and commun uh, communion to shut-ins. I want to ask you to consider giving one day, not even a day, a an hour a month to help in this area. We have a list of shut-ins who cannot come to a corporate gathering, whether it's because of physical uh, uh, um, uh, hindrances, whether it's because of immune deficiency that they can't be around groups of people. We want to be able to, to hook up uh, uh, a family in this room with a family who can't be in this room or an individual who can't be in this room. And just to go and visit with them, if not any more than once a month. Maybe you go on a, Tuesday, or on a second or a fourth Sunday and you grab a, a communion cup on your way out the door and you share communion with that person who hasn't been able to be in the gathering to share communion together. If you're afraid of that, I don't know what to say. If you need a word-for-word -word script, we'd be more than happy to give you a word-for-word -word script on, on how to do that. But the blessing that that is to a shut-in uh, is hard to describe. Uh, several months ago, we just the staff just one day went over to Betty Taylor, one of the oldest and longest tenured members of this, this local church, and we just spent some time with her. Um, uh, luckily, her hearing was a little bit bad because we sang to her and she enjoyed it. Um, and we shared communion together when we prayed and we listened to stories. And man, what a blessing it was to her and what a blessing it was 
to us as well. So I, if you can give uh, an hour after church, one time a month, right? click yes right? on, this, on the survey. Uh, hospital visits, every once in a while, uh, it, it's, it's just nice to be able to say, hey, Joe Lizer, would you mind stopping after work to visit somebody and, and knowing that, that, that you're available right, when the need arises to, again, be a blessing to somebody. Or transportation. Every once in a while we get a call, not very often, that somebody needs a ride to a doctor's appointment or a dentist appointment or needs to go to the grocery store. And just having a list of people who would be able to go and, and, and take that person to that appointment would be a huge blessing. And then helping hands projects. Sometimes we ask, hey, is there anybody in the church who can help me with a plumbing issue uh, or an electrical issue? Or I need, I need a ramp built um, because of, uh, I need wheelchair access. And just knowing who to turn to in the church is a big blessing. When a need comes in, that need goes out. And if you're able to help, you help. So I encourage you to go through uh, the survey and just where you, where you are able, make yourself available as we strive to love one another. We're given an example of this. We, 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 we don't think we have the skills, the time, the mindset, but we're given a solid example of this. And one of the reasons, one of the main reasons that my favorite book in Scripture is Philippians is because of this section of Scripture right here. So, if you're in the middle of doing that survey right now, just pause and before you do it later this afternoon or later this week, just go into it thinking of the example, the standard that was given to us by Jesus Christ. There's, be- there's a beautiful section of scripture in Philippians chapter 2. And if you have your Bible or your phone, I encourage you to read with me as we wrap up uh, service today. Paul wrote to this church that he dearly loved. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not, consider, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, Not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do do all things without grumbling or disputing, 
that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not labor in vain. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with, with you all. Likewise, you should be glad and rejoice with me. Again, we do these things because we are members of one another. And we do these things because our mission of a church hinges on them. A new command I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. How we love in this room, how we live with one another, impacts the effectiveness of the mission of this local church. And we invite you today just to take one step into more engagement in both of these two areas.